Welcome to the In Her Power podcast. I am so excited to be here today. My name is Carrie Ann Alton. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm an empowerment coach that specializes in helping humans step into their divine and worthy selves by eliminating those unconscious and conscious stories that keep us playing small. But more than that, I'm a human just like you. So if I can do this work, you can do this work. I created this podcast as a gift, as a gift to my community, to this audience, to share wisdom, to share resources, and to share tools to help us feel more empowered in our lives, to have more autonomy over our lives, and to feel and step into being our divine and whole worthy selves because we already are, whether we realize it or not. Today's episode is a recorded coaching call, and my guest today is Erin. And the process that Erin and I go through is, you know, she she shows up and talks about what's happening on the surface for her, but then we get into a state of curiosity or wonder and go underneath the surface and start to look at what's actually underneath the surface that's kind of creating what's happening in her reality, right? And then we take it one step further and we go back to childhood because I would say 97% of the time, the stories, the programs, the beliefs, our basically operating system was created in our childhood. And so we go back and revisit what was happening back then. What need was not met that needs to be met now? What feeling was not felt that can be felt now? And what story that was created that can be rewritten now, we can't change the facts of the things that happen to our li- in our lives or to our lives, but we can change the story or the meaning we made it mean. So, for example, my parents got divorced when I was two. That's a fact. I cannot change that. But the story I made it mean about me or the story that I created around it, I can totally change. So, for, for my example... Using myself again, I made it mean that I was to blame. And there were a lot of other stories that I created around it. But using that simple one, I it was my fault because my parents were fighting over money and I was using a lot of diapers. That's the story I created. Then I had the power to change that story. That is inner child work. And so in today's session that you're going to hear with Aaron, you're going to hear us start to unpack that. We start at the surface level, we dive deeper, and then we go to the childhood. And so I'm really excited to share this journey with you, and I hope you get a lot out of it. Enjoy my coaching session with Aaron. All right. I'm excited today to be here with Erin and to support Erin on her journey. So Erin, how can I support you today? What's going on? Yeah, great. Um, Thank you for having me here and for helping me out today. Um, Gosh, I feel like there's like always something to be working on, right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Lately, I have been feeling this sort of like uh disconnection with other people um and and also with like owing people things and wanting to simultaneously i'll say it this way simultaneously wanting to be seen and want and feeling like uh the burden of being seen um 
I have been recently going on dates. Um, I don't know that I'm ready for like a full relationship yet, but I've been going on these dates and I've been, a lot of people are very eager to sort of like get the ball rolling with me. And I've been given a lot of gifts and it just feels like I'm, it feels like I owe or I'm owing people a lot. And I'm feeling this desire to like uh, commit to someone before I'm ready. I'm feeling this pull to, uh, to, to meet them in some way. And simultaneously, I'm also feeling like where I want to be seen and where I kind of want all of this attention is feeling a little stagnant. Okay. So that's awesome. So what I'm, what I'm picking up for you, and you can tell me if this resonates, if this is true, and this will kind of navigate through this a little bit. Um, so does it feel like it's like you're, you feel like you need to meet them where they're at, but they're, they're not meeting you where you're at. It's, it's like, it's, it's actually more of the energy of, I am, I'm feeling people be drawn to me who I'm not asking for. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking for these kinds of like connections and these specific people. And the things that I am wanting to go after are just seeming to be a little bit more elusive. Okay. And yeah, that's sort of where I'm at. Okay, great. So are you clear on what you want? Yes. Okay. That's great. So oftentimes, as you know, from doing this work is that when things are showing up and the universe is bringing us something to us, it's an opportunity to do, there's something for us to learn to grow, to expand through. So have you done any work on looking at those type, those people that are showing up, whether it's people, things, but you talked about dating. So um, people that are showing up, have you done any work to look at why, you know, getting kind of in that state of curiosity and the state of wonder? What is this about? Yeah, I think I've I think I've been a little bit protective initially, which which does not always lend to curiosity, because um, it's more of a contracted energy. But when I am thinking about like the kinds of people I'm bringing in to my life, and the people who are responding to me, a lot of them are are younger. They're they're quite like maybe five to to 10 years younger than me. And they are seeking kind of like an up-leveling in their own lives, but it's like an up-level I've already experienced. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm feeling that if I were to like sort of detach away and try to get curious about it. Yeah, I guess I've gone, I went through a divorce a couple of years ago and it really reprioritize what I want in my relationships and not just in my romantic relationships, but also in my, uh, in my career relationships and who I surround myself with as far as like, I'm an actor and like, as far as my team is concerned, um, what kind of auditions I want to go on, what kind of jobs I want to do and very clear, like yes or no's. And because I have this, because I have gone through this and have been to therapy for many, many years and, and, had to really address a lot of codependency in my marriage. Um, I feel like I have some kind of wisdom that these younger people are kind of attracted to, mm-hmm. but it feels to me like uh, I am wanting to, I'm wanting to basically up level 
but I'm just being met with people who are, who are further behind. I don't know. The, the, totally I, understand. Yep. Totally yeah. get that. So that, that goes back to what I really said about people. It's like, people want you to meet them where they're at. Like you're on a trail. We're going to use the analogy of a trail since I love hiking and <laughs> you're further down the trail than other people. And there's no judgment where they're at. And it's like, they want you to come back and show them the way. Yeah. To a degree sense. it does. And you're like, like that. but yeah. I kind of want people to, but you kind of want people to either be beside you or ahead of you going, helping you get moved further along. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense. I, I was thinking about it in the analogy this morning. Like, I don't do well. I don't do well being the big fish in a small pond. I know that there are some people who thrive in that. Mm-hmm. But I have to, I want to be constantly growing and constantly inspired and and so that I can grow bigger in my yep. own self. Yep. Like, okay. Yeah, okay, great. Now, let me ask you this. Is this, and you may need to take some time to reflect on it. Is this a pattern in your life? where and it could be in any area of your life where you've always felt like you're kind of always ahead of those that are in your kind of showing up in your world. Yeah. It's the big pattern. I okay. mean, I don't even have to think about that. I, I, when I was, I have had in my life a lot of social anxiety and it's shown up in the past when I have, you know, when I'm around people that sort of have some of the qualities that expand me or I'm interested in, um, I can, I can get a little bit like, I can get a little shadowy and I can shut down around them. And then people who are intensely vulnerable or, um, or, you know, are going through a lot of like insecurities and things. I feel so comfortable around because I deal with those things every day and I recognize that in them and I'm like oh yeah and I feel I guess like I serve a purpose and then with my like my mom is a perfect example of this she just is is sort of always needing she's I have gone much further in my life than she has as far as like going to therapy learning meditation going interior and really looking inside of myself. Um, And she's only started doing that maybe in the last two years in earnest. And so I feel like she was always needing me to help balance her. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like classic codependency. So there's some awesome nuggets there. Okay. (laughs) So I feel like I see your block and that is like you said, like you find the expansive people, the people that you're like, that's what I want to grow into. But it's like, I get social anxiety and I like kind of shut down. Right. And you go back to what's comfortable. And that's why you're attracting those people that are in that, like in that stage of, you know, just kind of where you were and where they want to be where you're at. Right. And so that kind of is a comfortable dynamic that you play. And it sounds like you have been playing that with your mother and maybe for a long time in your life. So the challenges for you is looking at what's the, what's the fear? Cause anxiety is the root of fear. What's the fear? What are you afraid of stepping into? And what are you afraid of losing when you do step into it? Cause you will lose something. Yeah. Coming something else. You have to let go the old version of yourself. Um, there was like, there's so many answers to that. One of them is that I will lose a certain amount of empathy, that I will not no longer be available 
to people and that like sort of my availability has been um, one of the reasons that people love me. Abandonment, also like rejection, potential rejection Mm -hmm. that if I in fact do uh, start to attract in these other people and they don't like me, then I'm going to feel that rejection. And, um, so that's part of it. But think about, I want you to think about this as you think about becoming that person, would you reject you? No. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I would. (laughs) You might, I don't want to say reject the old version of yourself, but let go and kind of honor that that version served you for the time that you needed to serve you. But if you're becoming that person, that's the person, the people that you want to attract, they won't do that to you because then if not, they're not the good fit. Yes. I think I'm afraid that the people, that the pond of people who will accept me is very small as opposed to a great amount of people and you know with with my job it is it is vitally important to be to be seen because that's how people get to know your work and that's how people want to hire you so like this sort of um uh anxiety that I will not be uh accepted on a large scale with a lot of people is is scary to me it is like what if what if I end up what if I end up in a place where like I don't know uh people will um call me out even though I don't think I've ever done anything wrong but like you know you become you can become vulnerable to people's criticisms when you are seen widely and you know I've had that experience before I had reviews written by about me that were not positive and I've had um people who have reflected back that like a character I played was super annoying or um you know things like that I think those criticisms hurt less and less but like Still, I guess there is that fear of like mass rejection. (laughs) Okay, let's look at the root of this fear. So first, let's think about when you think about that fear for you, where does it show up in your body? My stomach. Mm -hmm. Let me think here. Stomach. And what does it feel like in that area of the body? Like if you could describe it to me, it can be in words, it could be a picture, it could be color. It feels like, like a vacuous hole, like a, like just this hole that is sucking all the energy into its, and like, just, it's like a black hole inside of my stomach. Okay. Great description. By the way, that was was beautiful. Um, Okay. Can you just breathe into it and see what it wants to do? See if it has any messages for you. Mm. and it might just just being with it without judgment to say okay I recognize that I'm feeling this anxiety in this part of my body and this is what it feels like yeah it feels like it's wanting to like grab a hold 
of everything in the room and just suck it into itself and like tear up the room in a form of control maybe and allow her to just in terms of the energy try not to get into your head around it try to just see what it comes up for you or how you know what how it moves because emotion is energy in motion mm. I'm feeling like very sad. I'm feeling very sad about the destructive nature of this feeling. I'm feeling. Feel the sadness, which is energy moving. It's probably been stored in your body for a long time. And you're finally giving it permission to be seen. And it feels very scary. Mm -hmm. you're stepping into the unfamiliar and it, it does it feels destructive does that scare you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but remember you're safe you're just uncomfortable Like there's not a bear coming at you. You're just making some changes in your life and it's uncomfortable. You're in a transition. And it's okay to be scared. And it's okay for some things around you to be destroyed. How do you feel now? I am still feeling very sad. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like I won't be able to do this without hurting people. Here's the thing, we can't own how people are gonna to react to the changes that you make. You know, and part of this might be rooted in the connection with your mother, as you said, codependent. And, you know, I went through this as well as like, I, I felt like I was leaving my mother behind as I was growing and she wasn't growing as fast as I was. And that scared me a lot. And I felt like I was going to hurt her. And, but I also learned that I didn't want to self-abandon myself, you know, or self-reject, basically. And so practicing this it's okay to be scared. It's okay to, that it's scary and it's uncomfortable and I'm still safe. And this is a part of growing. Right. And in essence, I'm not actually leaving my mom behind. I'm allowing an, an, to for her to have her own journey at whatever pace, but mm -hmm. my, how I interact with her or how I engage with her might shift. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it has, and it was strange. I like, as I was doing it, one of the reasons that my last relationship failed was because my partner at the time did not trust me 
to, he, he felt like I, um, did not respect his space and that I was destructive, even though I wasn't destructive, but he was just very guarded about his possessions and his himself. He was very insecure. And it sort of just reminded me of like feeling guilt of this sort of destructive power, mm -hmm. this sort of, this sort of thing that if I do stand up in my full power that somehow like I will be too, I will be, I will be destructive. That like the room that I'm in is too small. The items around me are too vulnerable and weak. I will crush them. Mm -hmm. um, that I will break everything that's around me and it'll be things that are precious to other people. And that they will see me as a force of like huge destruction in their life. Mm -hmm. So as you know, when it comes to sh the shadow, yeah. you know, we're all aspects of anything, everything. So owning that aspect of yourself, that you have the capacity to do that. And not being afraid of it anymore, but realizing that I have a choice. Does that make sense? Like I have yeah. that aspect of myself. I can do that. I have the capacity. I'm not afraid of it. And I can also choose not to engage with that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Sometimes I think like, especially with that shadow, that shadow has come up for me before. with like being like a monster essentially. And um, uh, sometimes I feel like I don't have control over it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. I don't have the choice mm -hmm. that it will inevitably come out from under me and sabotage whatever I'm working on because mm -hmm. it wants the attention. Mm -hmm. Yep, totally understand that. And that's the beauty of shadow is when we allow it to own us, you know, then it does. But when we turn around and own it, it's a very different experience. So one of the things is thinking about um, how can that monster side, to use that word, benefit you? When has it really benefited you? When does it need to come out? when I'm unsafe. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when I'm physically really, unsafe. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great thing, aspect to have. Yeah. So seeing it as like, can you start to paint that picture? And maybe this is a great exercise for you to take away with is taking some time to start to see your shadow and accept it, this monster. And you can call it whatever you want. If monster really is the, the, the word that gets the most trigger then go with it if it's something else like destructive or whatever or maybe do both find the word that really fires you up right and face it mm. and you know I know I think you know that you know the mirror process like look in the mirror and face it and face yourself and it will stop owning you when you face it. You're going to go through a lot of emotions through the process. I can't say what emotions you'll go through for each of us. It's a different experience. Do your best to not be afraid of those emotions. So what I just walked you through was, you know, naming the emotion, locating it in your body, 
describing it that gets you out of your head and so you stop recycling it and replaying the story and trying to analyze it and just get you into your body because mm-hmm. emotion is the language of the body and it allows you to just like move it so it stops controlling you mm-hmm. and so part of this like you've got this fear it's so natural by the way you're in a transition you want to up level i mean you wouldn't be on this call if you didn't so you want to up level it's scary to up level and there's sadness because you're going to leave an old part of you behind you're going to grieve basically and it's also scary because you feel like and tell me if i'm wrong but this is what i'm picking up it's like you feel like i have to become a monster or destructive in order to up level or that i inevitably will become that mm-hmm. that that's that's the natural because if i allow myself to be as powerful as i think i am inside that power will just be chaotic and I'll have no ability to control it. Yeah. And maybe think about where you learned about that power. Like, because when we came into this world, we had no knowledge of what power meant. You know, we had no knowledge of what destructive meant or what monster meant. It was formed based on experiences that we had and perceptions we made and stories we created most likely in childhood. Yeah. And you have the power to change it you could create a blue fluffy little monster (laughs) that also defends itself when a boundary's been broken Mm. does that make sense yeah yeah it makes complete sense yeah wow is that helpful yeah that's very helpful Mm, yeah Mm. how do you feel now like what's the emotion that you're feeling? I'm feeling uh, curious. I think that's the emotion that's coming up. I'm interested in going into this a little bit more because it's sort of peeling back some things, certainly things about like growing up and feeling very unsafe. Mm-hmm. And being afraid of a lot of things when I was growing up, I was terrified of everything. Well, we have some time if you want to go a little bit deeper with this. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Okay. So where, so I'm just a guide. So where's your curiosity leading you? It's leading me to this like period of my life, maybe between the ages of like, three and six where there was a lot of chaos in my house. There's a lot of like fighting and, and reactivity. And it's like, I'm being reminded of how my imagination was overreactive. And like, I could see when I would go to sleep at night, shadows on the walls that would turn into something horrible that was going to hurt me. Or I would have these nightmares of, of people wanting to hurt me and how even at that very, very young age, I was so wary of my own personal safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in all capacities mm-hmm. yep what was going on for you in that part of your life like what was going maybe with your family was there something that happened well we 
were moving a lot. I mean, I think I, I moved back and forth across the world four times between the time I was born to when I was seven. Um, so I was moving a lot. I also moved from Japan to the United States. And when we were in the United States, it was when the OJ Simpson trial was happening mm. and the news was always on. And I just was aware of always being afraid because of the news, the, the, the sounds of the voices of the people on the news just sounded like we were always in crisis. Mm -hmm. And then my family, I don't have any memory of this per se, but I know that this is the way that my parents are. My parents were very like sensitive. And if some little thing would happen, they would suddenly just explode in anger or tears or, they would get, they would be very, like all of a sudden very withholding or things like that. So it was like my home life felt very chaotic because we were moving. Mm -hmm. But then also like the world around me just seemed like a very scary place. Mm. Yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of emotional instability. Yeah. The little things and, would happen in a reaction, a big reaction. Yeah, little things would happen and there'd be a big reaction. And I think I was, I've always been so sensitive. And so I was picking up on all of the energy around me without any knowledge of how to just sort of like have a peaceful space to myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot for a little, a little girl. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and so was there anyone, it doesn't sound like, but I wanted, I don't want to make an assumption. Was there anyone there to support her through navigating through that? No. Okay. And what did you make, especially when your parents had these kind of reactions, what did you make that mean? <sighs> I think early on, I did not have like, I don't know that I had the knowledge of like cause and effect. I think it was just that I assumed that the entire world was very reactive. And that I must be just different because, because I'm, I am trying to be more considerate and I'm trying to not make things worse, but everyone around me is very volatile. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily assigned blame to myself I think I just assumed that that's the world that I had been born into. So did you take on a role of being kind of the calm one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, or, or I think that that was actually something I did when I was older, when I was like, maybe like 11, 12, I started becoming like the peacemaker calm one. Mm -hmm. But when I was three to six, I think I just like really, just got very still and tried not to make any like big waves. Mm -hmm. And what do you think would happen if you had made big waves? I would have, huh? What would have happened? I don't know, either not been cared for, not been cared for in the way that I was asking or 
that I would have just been a bother, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a nuisance. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of times when I felt something strongly, I had convinced myself even then that the thing that I was feeling could not possibly be as awful as whatever has incited this chaos around me. So I shouldn't voice it because we've got, we've got more important things to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, what do you think you needed back then? If you could have gotten your, you know, the need that you needed met. Stability. Mm-hmm. Um, and harmony. What about the feelings that you were feeling to be seen by, you know, your caretakers and those around you to see what you were experiencing through that time? Yeah, I mean, I definitely needed to be seen. Um, I needed, I needed someone to recognize what I was going through because it was quieter than the people around me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it felt like it was so quiet that other people couldn't see it because they were so explosive. Mm-hmm. So. Are you starting to see the connections here from what we talked about earlier to? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. I'm seeing that connection. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm seeing that, that there is a, yeah. Yeah. There might be some judgments around the explosive. I mean, it was, it felt so chaotic for you and it, it probably, I mean, let me ask you this, like, did it feel almost uncomfortable when you're, when people were like that? No, all the time. It always was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It was constant, constantly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so can you see how hard it might be for you to step in and be that way? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And like, of course, assuming this role that uh <sighs> That if I've sort of overcome something or learned a lesson, then like I can somehow have control over it. Meeting these people who are a little bit younger or like less able to handle things because I feel safer because if I go into the world where things are kind of more unknown and I don't know what those dynamics are going to be, they could be super chaotic and I have no idea how to handle myself then. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because you 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 had to find your sense of safety within this chaos and you had no one there to guide you to help you through that process. And so you kind of had to discover it on your own and try to support them with also coming down and basically regulating, right? Yeah. And as a young child, that's a lot for a child to take on as any of us. You know, and our parents do the best they can with what they have and no blame to them. And no. you can't you can't blame the situation that was happening uh, at the time in Japan or in the United States or wherever you were at that moment. 
But of course, as a child, like giving your inner child a little bit of like TLC, basically, um, yeah. and now reparenting. Something that I do in my process is when I go back to do reparent, I reparent as myself. So coming back in as the older version and, and you know, being with my inner child and something I, again, I recommend another takeaway from this is spending some time with just being with that inner child and giving the inner child what she needed and allowing her to have whatever emotion she needed. So being okay with her exploding in her, with her emotions. And again, going through the process of helping her be in her body with them and not in her head and, and just releasing them. You know, that will help with shifting the energy around it. And then it's it's going to be up for you now to start stepping outside your comfort zone into these new um, communities, I'm going to say, that you want to grow into. Yeah. And it being, and, and you know, you have all the tools to regulate yourself. So when you go, okay, I feel a little out of control, be like, am I, I'm safe though. There's not a bear coming at me. You know, um, I'm safe. I'm just uncomfortable. But the more I stay in this, it will become comfortable. It's like getting into a cold body of water or really like a jacuzzi. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually you're like, oh, this is fine. But at first it's either too hot or too cold. Yeah. So you just have to, it just has to become familiar for you. And so that's yeah. that action piece, right? Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, definitely. And like self-regulating. Yeah. Yeah. And also, as you as you step into this kind of new version of yourself, the version you want to be, this kind of new state of being, and you start to feel emotions come up, do your best to stay out of your head. And I say do your best to stay out of your head because we have been trained to be in our head about it, right? So often, mm-hmm. many of us don't know what to do with our emotions. And we weren't taught, even you as a child weren't taught, so you you kind of navigated it through yourself and figured out a way that felt safe for you so be in your body and however you want to do it you can use the process I talk about just naming it locating it in the body describing it feeling into it and allowing it to just be without any judgment and you did so great you're like I feel anxiety I feel fear I feel I feel some sadness great that's all it is it doesn't have to be anything else but that Mm. and just breathe through and like you said i just want to destroy things and so imagine yourself destroying things and just let that energy move and for sometimes the energy wants you to physically do something so like for example for anger or when i'm mad i want to pound my feet on the floor that's like mm. how for me it's a and i and usually when i do it and i really step in and give myself permission i move through it in like 90 seconds to three minutes wow and then it's like okay i got this i can do this I can get to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So you've unpacked a lot. What are the things that you're really <laughs> taking away from this? Um, I think probably the biggest one that you just mentioned is it's so easy when you um, go back and try to kind of reprogram these memories from childhood to it, for it to be an intellectual exercise and to remind myself that like, as a child, I had a body and that the body is a part of the whole system mm-hmm. and to encourage myself to feel things through my body as opposed to intellectually reframing things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really helpful. That's a great yeah. takeaway. Because as a child, you had that body. And by the way, that body you're still in. 
yeah, it's still here. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah. it does. I what I have found is that when you recognize, oh, there's an emotion there that I never felt and never dealt with. I I've suppressed it. I've just held it under the water, and I've just kind of stuffed it and ignored it. And sometimes, like it's so hard to reprogram because that emotion is in the way because it's energy. And yeah. so once you just feel into it and get it out of the body then it's like, oh, then you can go back to the mind and create those new neural pathways. It's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just yeah. Read yourself. Yeah, so there's there's that. And then, of course, kind of always reminding myself to, uh, to in my present day, experience things in the body. Because I've been, I've, I've had somatic therapy before where you do feel mm-hmm. things and I, I haven't, I haven't gone to a therapist in a, in a couple, probably about half a year, but like, I need, I need that reminder to kind of always that, 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 that is almost always the first way in for me is through the body and through the emotional center. So yeah, great. Very, very helpful. Yep. I mean, the emotions are the language of the body and emotions are signaling us like for example when you feel hungry it's a sensation created in your body you're like oh i have to eat you know same with our like sadness is telling us something something Mm -hmm. wants to be let go of or grieved fear is telling us that we need to face something or learn something so it's like it's like a dashboard of a card signaling us and so tuning into the body is a beautiful gift yeah it's a beautiful gift truly yeah well (sighs) you Oh, thank you, Carrie. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, it's so lovely to have you here, Erin, today. So I appreciate your time. And I just feel honored that you let me guide you on this journey. Oh, absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Wow, I hope you enjoyed that coaching session with Erin. And you could see the progression from what was showing up in her life, how we dug under the surface, and then how we connected it to her childhood. I also hope that you saw the importance of being in your body and feeling those emotions. Emotion is energy in motion. And some oftentimes those emotions are blocking us from getting clarity and or blocking us from reprogramming and creating a new story because we needed to feel them. We need to feel the emotion that's coming up in the present moment and the one that we suppressed in childhood because that body that that child has is the same body you currently have. So it's still there. So let's get it out of the body. The reflective practice that I'm going to recommend for all of you, or the journaling prompt that I, that I love to add at the end of these episodes is this. Think about what's showing up in your life at the moment. What's showing up that you don't want to to show up. You're like, why is this showing up? And then I want you to, to get into a state of wonder. And start to look under the surface. What am I making this mean about myself? How do I feel? What's the emotion I'm feeling about this thing that's showing up? And work through the emotion. Then go one step further and go, where have I felt this before? Where have I felt made this mean this thing mean about myself before? And try to go back somewhere in your childhood. Because as I said, 97% is programs or stories, behaviors that we have started in our childhood. So go back there. What did the child need? What happened? What was the story that was created? What's the emotion that I never felt? And feel those emotions and rewrite the story. So that's your reflective practice for this episode. 
Now, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. As I said, this is a gift. If you do want to reciprocate that gift and make a financial contribution, there is a link in the show notes where you can make a contribution to help support this podcast. You can also support it by giving it a five-star review. And of course, sharing it with people that you think would benefit from this information. I know there are people in your life that would probably benefit from hearing you know, information that I share on this podcast that's going to help them up-level their life. And I also just want to say thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for doing this work. And I want to thank Aaron also for being vulnerable to get on a call, be recorded, and share parts of herself, not only for her own benefit. We don't all do this work for our own benefit, but for the benefit of the collective. So as you do this work, it's not just about yourself. You are impacting the collective, whether you're on a show like this or just doing it you know, in a closed room by yourself, you are impacting the collective because you are part of the collective. And I'm going to close with this African word, Ubuntu. I am because we are. I am because we are Ubuntu.